Hey everyone, this is Thomas, and you are listening to Down a Wayward Path. In today's episode, I'm talking about my altar and some obstacles, I guess, that influenced my altar or I had with making my altar or altars, plural. Um, so yeah, that's what this episode is about. Before I get started, I just wanted to acknowledge and dedicate this episode to the goddess and god in whatever forms they may take. This episode is also dedicated to the listeners and seekers. So when I first started down this path, I decided that one of the first things I will do is create an altar. And I always thought I would use this piece of furniture that I have in my bedroom that I got from my grandma and I had it restained. It looks really nice um, as my altar. It has like a shelf for it has like two like curved shelves well three curved shelves on the left side of it and one of the curved shelves is for a large phone book um it was originally a phone type table um and i just keep books in that part now and then two little shelves beneath it and then two larger shelves to the left and a little drawer um and on top of it i have this little this little triangular box I got from Wish, uh, well, not box, like cabinet, has like four little cabinet thingies in it, it's kind of cool, um, but I always thought I'd use that for my altar, but I didn't because I didn't really have, the place where it's located in my bedroom wouldn't have worked well, I think, for an altar just because things get put on it sometimes that aren't 100% altarish, you know, my partner's going to come in and, you know, there's not a lot of, my bedroom is not super huge and I have something on every wall against every wall. So I didn't want to have too much against one wall because I just didn't feel like the energy would flow well in the room. Um, I still use it though for magic, mainly magical purposes. I keep it fairly clean. Um, he doesn't really put anything on it. So that works out well because I got him a little, a little triangular table to put next to his side of the bed when he spends the night. Um, but an actual little triangular table was my original altar. It was like super cheap. I got it up from Target, um, but it was also super small and it didn't really fit everything I wanted to super well. I really liked it, um, but I'm, so I'm still using it. Anyway, so um, decided I wasn't gonna be able to use that. I got the little triangle thing. Then I went to Mrs. B's clearance in the Omaha, Nebraska um, and found this perfect little round table. I loved it. I loved it, loved it, loved it. So I got that, and that is now my altar. So this space is just 100% dedicated to my practice, and that's all it's used for. It's where I come and um, connect with deity sometimes. Well, most of the time when I'm tending to my altar, I feel like I'm connecting with deity. It's where I put my offerings. Um... I guess it might be more of a shrine than an altar, but I'm viewing it as an altar. I'm not even 100% sure if there's a difference. I mean, I know there's a difference. I'm just not sure what the difference is. But that is my altar. And on my altar, I have like a statue of Danu, statue of Kernunos. I have a little blue glass vase that's maybe three inches tall that my mom gave me. Um, and I put liquid in that as offering sometimes. Um, I have some an oak leaf. 
several acorns, one of which I found in um, Orlando when I went there on vacation a couple years back with my partner. And I have several stones. One of them I use to represent the goddess, so I keep next to her statue. Another represents the god, and I keep that next to his statue. And then in between them, I have another stone that's supposed to be used for to help connect with the divine. So I just put it in between both of them. So as like a visual cue, as a metaphysical cue, like this is helping me connect in here. Um, and underneath my altar, I have a little box that I purchased from Amazon and later realized I just could have gone to Joanne's and purchased it. But I didn't have to pay shipping and handling. It cost the same, but I just could have gone there. Um, and so I have that little box. In this little box, I have a little bowling knife that I got from Etsy. It like folds up. It's super cool. I love it. And my athame, um, which has a rainbow handle. And I wasn't going to get one right away, but I saw this cool rainbow handled athame. Um, and I just had to get it. So I got it. Um, and have in the box, I also have an altar cloth and incense holder. And the reason I don't have my altar cloth on my altar is because I only take it out when I'm doing something specific, magical-ish type thing and put my altar stuff on it. But that's not my only altar. Um, and I just came to the realization that it wasn't my only altar. Well, I take that back. I have a small altar in my living room. I have this round shelf that I have two little small statues of a goddess and god, just generic type goddess and god, but to me they represent maiden mother crone and the horn god. Um, but I decorate that. Also, it has stones and crystals. Actually, all my both altars have stones and crystals on them. Um, and then uh, I also put decorations related to the season on top of both altars. And the altar in the living room is more decorative. That might be more of a shrine, actually, because I'm never going to use it for more than maybe to put some small little offerings on and decorate it for the season. And the altar in my bedroom is more of like a working altar. But it, I've come to the realization, I think I realized it about the slightly after Samhain that I have multiple altars all over the place and I didn't realize it. And that, to be honest, we probably made altars all of our lives to something and never really seen it as an altar. And that's why I just, that realization, maybe other people have realized it too, but that realization really like hit home with me. I'm like, I wonder how many other people have come to that conclusion. Um, so I have like an ancestor altar so to speak, and I've had it for years, but it's just a section of my wall that I keep only pictures of my friends and family living and deceased. I'm gonna actually need to put um, a picture of, of a friend that passed away last year up there too, which I just realized I don't have. Um, but that's kind of, it's kind of like, I guess a family altars. It, that wall is nothing for nothing more and to remember and honor um, these people that have been and are a part of my life. Um, I also have, like, I also have, um, like, 
I guess. I don't even know how to explain it. So I have a curio cabinet in my bedroom also that I got from my grandma. Um, I shouldn't say she gave it to me. She passed away and it was offered to me. And in this curio cabinet, there are four shelves. The top two shelves I've always used for memories, um, important memories. Little One shelf has um, something from my parents' 50th wedding anniversary on it that we helped, I should say my sister-in-law organized and I participated. Um, it has, you know, important memories I've had keepsakes from, of important memories I've had with friends. Um, important parts of my life. Like I'll, I have literally every business card from every professional job I've had since I graduated from grad school is in that. Um, not only that, there's things from high school and, and that's just all I've ever used it for as a way to honor my past and, and important memories and, and things that matter to me. And I realize that that is a form of altar. It's also a form of altar that I need to organize better because it's gotten kind of cluttery. Um, and then there's two other shelves that I'm not sure what I'm going to use for yet, but I have a feeling I'm going to probably put one of my other statues I have because I have a, a Pan statue um, as a way to honor the god Pan. Also, um, so I'm not sure how to organize that part quite yet. I know I'm going to use it. I need to give Pan his own little personal space. Right now he's on top of that other piece of furniture that I mentioned in the beginning. Um, and he doesn't seem to mind it, so that's good. So, yeah, that, that's, I guess, that's why I don't even know what I'm trying to go on with this next bunch of words. And I should probably edit this all out, but to be honest, I suck at editing things out. Um, so I'm just going to pause for a moment and collect myself and record the next segment. So now that I've taken a moment to collect my thoughts, I'll continue talking about the altar. Those aren't the only two, well, and then the other things I mentioned, altars I have. Um, I also have a little box that I keep, something that represents each of the elements and it has an extra foldable bowling knife because I got two of them actually. Um, some incense matches. Uh, and I don't have these yet, but I'm going to get a sun and moonstone to represent the god and goddess. And that's my travel altar that I take with me. Um, it's just a tight, not a super large box. Just, I mean, maybe five inches by three inches, kind of. I take that with me when I go certain places. Like, I'm going to be there for a while so I can make an offering if I went to a work on something. Um, if you just heard a very loud car, it's because I live in an urban area and my window is open. Hopefully that doesn't come through on the recording, but maybe it does, no big deal. Um, this is just, this podcast is just me being natural. Although I would like to add some music to the intro. Anyway, sorry, off track. Um, so I have a travel altar and some other altars. I'm actually thinking of making a travel altar out of a Mentos tin and I'll put, you know, the stones in it. Um, something that represents fire, earth, air, water. Um, that's about it. Just super simple, like little thing that I can set up 
where I'm at, maybe when I'm at work or and it, no one's really going to think too much of it. Um, so that's like what, five altars, six altars? Only two of them, three of them are official. Travel, my corner altar, and my wall, I guess, shrine type thing. Um, but the other thing I forgot to mention is that my altars also have something that represents earth. Well, my main altar has something that represents earth, air, fire, and water, as does my travel altar and my shrine. It, it doesn't really have things that represent all the elements um, all of the time, although most of them. I think I should put a seashell up there now that I think about it to represent water. Well, actually, I have Caribbean... I can't think if it's called Caribbean calcite or Caribbean something else, but like when it's polished, it looks like the Caribbean ocean, but it was found in the Middle East. I think Pakistan, maybe two years ago, discovered this type of stone. I don't think it is calcite, maybe agate, Caribbean agate. I'm going to have to look it up. But anyways, um, I do have those things on my altar. So something that represents the element, something that represents the god and goddess. Um, because I feel like those things are important to help me connect with deity, to help me connect with nature. And that's what I really want to focus on when it comes to my practice is connecting with nature, connecting with deity in a different way than I've connected in the past. Um, yeah. And well, and heal, which is, I'll save that for another episode. I was going to say, well, that's, and which is healing is why I've chosen to work with such and such a God. Or I should say he chose to work with me. Um, but that's for another episode. So those are the things that I found important to put on my altar. But I think it's really important to note that, like, that these items around my house that I've identified either as, like, my ancestor altar or my, you know, my past altar or whatever you want to call it. Um, they're, they're me. Like these have my personality in them. Um, it's not my goddesses and God's personality. It's not the elements personality. They're my personality and it feels right to me. It feels good. I like the way I have it organized. And I think that's the most important thing. Like find pieces that work for you that speak to you and speak to your own aesthetic and your own idiosyncrasies. Um, and I realized I didn't pronounce that word very well, idiosyncrasies. Um, this episode is a little bit off the cuff if you haven't noticed. But yeah, so like your altar should, should be your personality, you know? And I don't think there's a right or wrong way to do it unless you're not doing it at all and you feel like you should be doing it. Um, that might be the wrong way to do it. But even then, like, this is, like, this is your thing. This is our thing. This is how we connect to whatever. And if it's not our own, it's going to be more difficult to connect to deity or to nature or to whatever you're trying to connect to. And it's not going to mean as much to you. And I guess the reason I want to say that is because, you know, I've noticed people um, you know, like, oh, is this altar okay? I guess posting on Facebook, wondering if this altar is okay, wondering if they can use this for an altar, wondering if they can do whatever. It's like, 
you don't need anyone's permission or approval for your altar. And I know when you start out with something new, you want examples or people, a lot of people want examples. They want to know that the way they're doing it's the right way because they don't want to do it the wrong way. And there's some fallacy in that logic in that it sets us up for shame and failure um, and anxiety. Because when we try and compare ourselves to other people, it just it really fucks with our brain. Um, comparison fucks with our brain. And uh, capitalist American individualistic culture emphasizes that. And I don't want to say there's nothing wrong with individuality, but there is something wrong with putting the individual over the community, in my opinion. Um, so you don't you don't need for your altar to be approved by anyone else but you. The way you set up your altar only needs to make sense to you. What you put on your altar only needs to make sense to you. And it has to be something that you feel comfortable with connecting with. Um, and yeah, I guess that's really what I wanted to say. Like, don't get too anxious over how you did your altar, whether you have an altar or not. If you don't want one, then don't do one. If you do want one, then do one. If you want your altar to be in a shoebox, that's great. If you have a little wooden box to put it in, that's fantastic. There's really no right or wrong way to do this, um, I don't think. Of course, we'll always preface that like I'm fairly new on this journey of my path, even though I have practiced different things in the past this part of it's new. Um, and I could be 100% wrong about some of the things. Some initiated such and such somewhere might be like, oh no, everything you're saying is wrong. It absolutely does matter. But for my practice, it doesn't. And I guess I would encourage anyone to figure out whether or not other people's opinions and things like that matter for your own practice. Um, but yeah, so I hope you all found this episode helpful. It's Another short one, um, another short one, but I think that's okay. Yeah, that's okay. Um, sorry for the off the cuffness and kind of scatteredness of this episode. I just, I'm in a good mood today. I didn't feel like kind of organizing my thoughts like I normally do. Um, I just hit record. Um, but thanks for bearing with me. I appreciate everyone that tuned in to listen. And I realize, yeah, I can't tune in. It's a podcast. I appreciate everyone that listened, everyone that didn't listen. I greatly appreciate just life and existence um, and the goddess and God and, you know, whatever path you follow. I think it's great. I hope everyone had a fantastic Thanksgiving um, and that they were able to show appreciation to their own ancestors and the people whose land that they are currently living on. If you live in the United States, um, you know, take a moment to recognize every time you eat the people that ate there before you. Um, I'm talking about Native Americans. Anyways, hope everyone has a great weekend and thanks for listening.